Hello, and welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. My name's Amanda Poole-Walsh, and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. And today, you're going to get a glimpse into the powerful Venus and Mars energy that's coming our way with the man who literally wrote the book on Venus cycles, Adam Gainsberg. You'll find out why Adam thinks relationships may be challenged in the coming month. And I know that can be super hard to hear, but we also talk about what you can do to work with this energy mindfully and ultimately open up your capacity for more intimacy in your life. But before we dive in, I just wanted to tell you a quick story. The other day in our Inner Circle private Facebook group, a member posted this. I've got some intense transits going on in my chart. I'm feeling lost, confused, and sad about everything right now. I don't really have much of a home right now, and I'm needing some love and support. This post was met with over 30 supportive comments like this one from Lisa. Aaron, just know that you're not alone. It's a difficult time for many. Just allow the feelings to come up and see what they're trying to show you. Or this one from Anna. Hi, Aaron. I hope you can catch a moment of clarity about your feelings very soon. Also, I'm in Toronto. If you're here, feel free to reach out if you'd like to meet up. Sending you my unconditional love and support. And this one from Helen. Here comes more love, support, virtual hugs, and big smiles from the north of England. From my heart to yours, catch. One member even took the time to do a casual reading on this member's chart. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because it so beautifully captures the energy that is so present in our inner circle community. If you love astrology and could use this type of light in your life, the inner circle is your home. And there are just a few more days for you to join us in the inner circle in 2019. We're closing doors on July 31st, and we won't be reopening them again until 2020 because we want to really incubate the journey that we're on together as we ramp up toward 2020. And when we do reopen the membership, because we've added so much value to the program over the last three years, the price will be increasing for new members. So securing a membership now will also secure you the lowest price that we'll ever offer for Inner Circle members. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle and lock in your founding member price in our thriving membership today. So some of you might be wondering what the Inner Circle actually is. So let me tell you, it's the largest online astrology membership community in the world today, featuring the world's top astrologers who act as your guides, keeping you in tune with the cosmic rhythm and teaching you their top astrological techniques month after month. Our members enjoy new and full moon forecasts, intention-setting ceremonies that are aligned with the lunar cycle, masterclass astrology teachings, intimate Q&A sessions with the astrologers, cosmic updates delivered in real time to their phones, and discounts on the courses we offer here at Astrology Hub, and of course, a vibrant, supportive community to help you navigate the ups and downs of your life. And if you join today, you'll get to learn from this all-star lineup that's joining us for the rest of 2019. The astrologer that you're going to learn from today, Adam Gainsberg, will be covering the lunar cycle starting in August, and he'll be talking about your life purpose and your Venus phase. In September, Nadia Shah will be talking about how to interpret your sixth and your twelfth houses in your chart. In October, Rick Levine is going to be talking all things relationships, synastry, and composite chart techniques that are designed for those of you interested in decoding your personal relationships. In November, Adam Summer will be teaching us about Mercury cycles. In December, Becca Tarnas will be teaching us about cultivating your archetypal eye. And finally, Vedic astrologer Vic Dakara will be helping us usher in the new year 
and teaching us how to work with nakshatras for deeper self-understanding. The membership is suitable for all levels of astrological understanding. And here's what some of our members are saying. The Inner Circle is my most valuable astrology study resource. I'm encouraged, motivated, and inspired by the wealth of resources. Thank you for keeping it so affordable. That was from Tracy. This one is from Lisa. You can't find this anywhere else. This kind of learning is so diverse. Every month, you're gleaning something from another expert that looks at things differently than the expert for the month before. It expands the way you think, not just about astrology, but about a lot of different things and about life in general. And then finally, this one from Dominique. Being a part of this community will change your life. You could be a part of what we love to call our chosen family or Ohana in Hawaiian. And we'd love to welcome you into our soul family today. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle and join us before the 2019 doors are closed for good. Now, if you're anything like me, you may be excited to join, but then you forget right after this podcast episode is over. So if you're likely to do that, I highly encourage you to pause this episode and join us now. I could only stand so strongly behind the inner circle if I knew that it was a valuable, inspiring, and potentially life-changing experience for you. And I hear every day from our members that it is. So I'm sending a shout out to our current members who are listening right now. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And for those of you who will be members, I can't wait to see you on the inside. And now, introducing you to our next Inner Circle Astrologer Guide and our guest on the podcast today, Adam Gainsberg. From his first book on the fundamentals of soul sign astrology, to his most recent on his helical phases of Venus called The Light of Venus, to his forthcoming book on the helical phases of Mars called The Heart of Mars, Adam's work invites theory and understanding to become cellular reality. And this is only possible when sky meets earth in your deep heart. I hope you enjoy this episode and that you fall in love with Adam the way we have here at Astrology Hub. Adam Gainsburg, it is so wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you for joining us. You've been one of our Astrology Hub favorites from the very, very beginning. And like I was saying before we came on live, it's kind of like coming into a, a comfy chair that you just you love. It's familiar. It feels so good. That's how it feels having you on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Every time I'm here with you, it feels that way to me too. It's like, oh, hi. Oh, hi. Yes, exactly. It's you again. Awesome. Okay. So let's start. I, I was saying, I don't think I've asked you this question for like three or maybe even four years. And so I, I need a refresher. And I know there's a lot of new people in our audience that haven't had the pleasure of engaging with you yet. So tell us about your journey to astrology. How did you become an astrologer? Yeah, great. So my coming to astrology was definitely in the first part of my life, but it was not at all related to, if you will, astrology per se. I was raised in kind of a beach town, sort of, in Central East Coast, United States. And uh, our family and a couple other families went camping one night on the beach. It was a beautiful spring or summer night. And we had a tent and uh, they had a bonfire out. And I was a little, little kid, maybe 10 or 11, 12. I'm not remembering how old. The bonfire was great. Everyone went to sleep, but I was still awake. The bonfire went out and I looked up and I, my mouth dropped open. I couldn't believe how many lights, how many stars there were. I had no idea. That wasn't my, in my reality up until that point. So what happened was I kind of got a little bit overwhelmed, to be honest with you. So that night I thought about, you know, they asked me if I wanted to sleep in a little sleeping bag outside or under the tent. And I had to go into the tent because it was like too much too loud a volume. 
or too many channels on at the same time. Now, I didn't have any reference for this, Amanda. There was no astrology in my family. Astrology wasn't something we ever spoke, was even familiar with. Years later, I'm now living in Los Angeles and give up and I end my career that I was working there in, in the film industry and basically started to discover that I don't really know who I am. And I began a path. Long story short is that path led me to Mayan astrology. The, the astrology of the native indigenous people of Guatemala, Mexico, Costa Rica, etc. And that began my uh, reintroduction, if you will, to astrology then. And I studied West, uh, Mayan astrology for a long time. I was doing readings. I formed new maps and, and like calendars and things. And I loved it. I even got a chance to go down to Guatemala with, uh, at the time, my Mayan teacher, Mayan shaman teacher, and we had an amazing shamanic tour, almost 12 days, going all around these little villages. We went to some of the sacred sites. So for me, Amanda, astrology was always connected with both the cosmic, Mayan, but also the indigenous peoples of, Amer of, of the world. So then, later on after that, I then, someone introduced me to Western astrology, and I was like, wow, I'm hooked. So for me, Amanda, Coming into Western astrology was more like a remembering and less of a, this is cool. I want to check out more. Like I remember sitting in my bedroom, I canceled work for like two weeks with videos and some books. And I just was like absorbing, 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 or I should say reabsorbing what I know now of myself. So all this time and all this explanation that I'm giving here to say that um, I'm very at home as a quote astrologer. And what I am found over many years of doing this is that my contribution, my unique little way of doing it is to help astrologers and astrolytes connect the chart to the sky. Because too often, we're learning the round chart wheel, signs, planets, houses, aspects, elements, modalities, etc., without the living sky. And that's a term I use to explain and educate people that the sky is not just this flat thing up there. It's actually sentient. And she according to the, the Egyptian, the ancient Egyptian culture of the goddess Newt, that that night sky with all those uh, twinkling lights was actually the inner body of a feminine, of a female goddess. And so we're interacting with the universe and it's very sentient. It's very co-responsive. And so that's really where I come from these days. That's how I, that's where my training courses are. My workshops, you know, my classes is to connect people to not just the knowledge of myself, but the living applied wisdom that I've gained in my life and the challenges I've had, the successes I've had, the things that I've learned, for example, that I'm really, really good at that other people value that for me, it's like, it's, it's like a walk in the park where other things, other people come by really easily. And I am really struggling with, you know, that's the kind of thing that I feel astrology is now we need to really be applying it to not just learning about ourselves, you know, reading, descriptions that really resonate, you know, that's the start, but actually applying it and taking it deeper, as I call it, into our body, into our blood, into our bones. Adam, I love that your first experience with astrology was under that living sky that you're talking about and just being so overwhelmed and overtaken. And now you full circle, you bring it back. And that is such a cornerstone of, of what you're helping people connect with as well. So that is just beautiful. I'm curious about what, like, why Western astrology? What was different about Western astrology that really connected with you? 
very briefly to under to answer that question, what Mayan astrology, the sacred Cholkech, the the sacred calendar of Mayan was because the Mayan calendar priests were like masters of another order. They were masters of time. They traveled in and out of time and dimensions. In fact, they have, I think, 15 different calendars in the full Mayan approach to time and reality. What that wasn't, I found, giving my clients was 3D practical, hey, you know, I'm having problems with my wife. I'm having problems with my kid. You know, like, and I'm very grounded. I'm very, I'm very about making it practical. So out of that space, out of that need, my clients really, that I started to look to Western because in Western, we get much, much more granular about our subconscious self, about our, basically our psycho-emotional and psycho-spiritual profiles, our, our, our wiring and how we are in that way and where our blind spots are. That's really what took me. So there, because, so by that, I mean, I'm sure it's not a stretch to understand then that I was always drawn to Western astrologers and books and teachings that would, were speaking deeper about the human condition than it was, what's, what's coming up next month? So um, where, do I, where do I need to be best on the planet to have a great vacation? Which is amazing use of astrology. I mean, think about that. You can just go to someone, they can tell you that really accurately. But I, my soul, I'm more interested in, you know, making my time here on the planet apply to more deeper transformational, transformational evolution kind of considerations. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're so lucky to have you as our next inner circle guide. And the last time you were an inner circle guide, it was like mind blowing. And people were having all kinds of deep transformative experiences. And I mean, it was really, really powerful. So it's, it's so great to have you back. And I know that there's a big Venus Mars theme happening next lunar cycle. So can you tell us what's happening, why we should pay attention, and what it means for us. So my month, August 2019, um, I chose because specifically of this really unique alignment between Venus and Mars. Without going into too much detail that will require a bunch of explanation, essentially, if, you're, if people listening to this can imagine it, Venus is on one side of the sun, Mars is on the other side of the sun. They're both direct. So they're both moving Venus is, of course, moves faster. So Venus is catching up to the sun as the sun's moving. And the sun, which always moves faster than Mars, is, is catching up to Mars. Once that happens, Venus will cross the sun and then align with Mars. In shamanic speak, this is Venus and Mars meeting in the underworld. In sky astrology, what that means is Venus and Mars will not be in the sky. They're, they're in, it's an entirely invisible, and by extension, we can extrapolate and say unconscious or chthonic meet up between the fundamental feminine and the fundamental masculine in collective human consciousness. And when this happens, it's actually the most responsible thing to never presume that we can control or direct or manipulate what's going to happen. We need to instead put our energies towards being better vessels for it. So this is happening at the collective level. So when Venus and Mars meet up, it's always this, you know, sparks, and incredible attraction. It can be breakups of things that you thought where you were aligned with. It can be even, it can be like recommitting or restating one's vows to one's spouse. Anything with Venus and Mars where opposites are coming together to unify. And so I'm going to be talking a lot through the masterclass, through the, the forecast for both new and full moon about how to work with Venus and Mars in the chart where they're meeting up in the sign and also where they're meeting up in the sky, meaning their phase. 
because the phase of Venus and the phase of Mars, they tell us what is, let's take Venus, Venus in, in that sign, in that house, make, making that aspect, what is it in service to at the collective level of human consciousness? The chart sometimes doesn't give us act detailed information about that, but the phase does, because the phase is always correlated with Dharma. Dharma here means, what's the purpose of this? Not just to get through it and to, come, you know, and to learn something, but what's really changing here? What's the metamorphosis going on here, and how, I, how can I participate in it more consciously? So that's true for Venus and Mars. Mars has a phase, Venus has a phase. So it's Venus and Mars meeting. And, and when you say phase, give us an example of what you mean by that. Just like the moon has phases, balsamic, gibbous, full, new, Venus and Mars have phases. I have a system of Venus and Mars phases that comes from my many, many years of research, both you know, thousands of clients as well as celebrities and world events and things. So I have a book on this all about the Venus phases called The Light of Venus. And... Uh, the book on the Mars phases is not out, but it's being written, it's, it's being worked on. So when we talk about the phases, it's literally the relationship between Venus and the sun, Mars and the sun. So for example, just to keep it real simple, Venus can either be before the zodiac or after the zodiac than the sun. So for example, if the sun is in Taurus, Venus can be in Aries before it or after it in Gemini, number one. Number two, Venus can be retrograde or direct. Number three, Venus can be far away from the sun or very, very, very close. Those three factors gives you the entire set of variables to create all of Venus's 13 phases. Venus goes through 13 phases with the sun every 19 months. And in our whole solar system, Venus is literally the Swiss clock secondhand like precision. She marks time in our solar system. In contrast, Mars... He is the most inconsistent of phases and cycles. So he is the one always pricking, challenging, questioning, pulling something out, pulling the rug out, phasally speaking, if you will. And what that, but what that does is it's very, very important because if we were just left with Venus phases, everyone would be stuck in patterns and there would be literally no evolution of consciousness. If we're just if it's just Mars, there'd be no consistent self to be able to enjoy life, Venus, to be able to join with others and, and enjoy the experience. So you need both. And the phases really, really speak to this like so perfectly. How does that map on to the masculine and feminine? Like what you just said, how does that, that relate with how we experience masculine and feminine? As you probably know by now, man, the, the words masculine and feminine are very loaded words, meaning, well, number one, when I say those words, I don't mean gender. Women have both, men have both. Okay. If you go to the East, Eastern cultures, five, six, seven thousand years old cultures, what they as assign to the feminine qualities and the masculine qualities will be very different than how we do it here in the West. Very, very different. Okay. But essentially, the Mars phase tells us what is your men and women equally, what is your inner masculine meant to contribute to the collective masculine healing, empowerment, and if you will, uh, embodiment, like uh, spiritual development. Feminine, uh, the Venus. Venus phase with the sun will always correlate with what we are personally contributing to the collective feminine development. So your Venus phase is not just what you're contributing to collective consciousness. Your Venus phase is also relating to kind of like what the goddess is inviting you into what what the goddess Venus, what the god Mars is inviting you to become and embrace and be 
more and more according to your own wiring. Okay, so so we have these this uh, meeting, this union happening next lunar cycle that you're going to be our guide for. What does this mean for us? I mean, what what's what's this going to illuminate? How are we going to? I know I like what you said about not controlling, not trying to control the circumstances, but um, you know, being ready for the experience. Right. That's really boy. You just said it perfectly there, Amanda. Because when Mars and Venus meet up, wherever it is in the sky or in the underworld, it's always an unpredictable thing. When they meet up in the underworld, it will always bring up shadow issues. It has to, because Venus and Mars are our closest neighbors. They're not some far out planet out there representing a broader swash of human society. They're they're our neighbors. They are our immediate, almost instinctual feminine, instinctual masculine self. So when they meet up in the underworld, we don't know what's happening here. I can say this, Venus will have just gone through her own underworld psych uh, period. Well, she will still be in it, in, in her transmutation phase. And Mars will be just starting his new cycle. So he'll be just beginning to come out from his own underworld. So when they're meeting, this is an alignment that where Mars and Venus like see each other, immediately are drawn to each other, and they definitely have their own things that they're involved in. Now, keep in mind, Mars and Venus can meet up in anywhere in the sky or the underworld. Every single time Mars and Venus meet up, it's a unique kind of meetup. There are some meetups that are kind of like destined soulmate meetups between Venus and Mars. This one is not that. This one is, hey, we're here to do something together. We don't exactly know what it's going to be, what it's going to mean, but let's, complete, let's completely commit ourselves to it. That's what this is going to mean. So, you know, just like you said, don't expect, but prepare. Hmm. What would that look like for someone? <laughs> you knew I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I see a lot of relationships really being challenged, not necessarily ending, but put it this way. There are many things, those of us who are in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, unconsciously agreed to ignore in order to keep the relationship going or, or in order to keep the kids in a solid home or whatever the dynamic is between two people. This has a very strong ability to expose that. And when that gets exposed, remember, if, uh, if there's something in my unconscious that I'm now getting exposed to, the first wave of the discovery of it, it feels as if it's not me. It's not mine. That's the knee-jerk egoic reaction. So therefore, the ego will then look for who did this to me, what's the, who's, the, who's the fault to blame. So th- there might be a lot of that that has to play out in people. At the same time, Mars and Venus meeting this, making this conjunction there have help from other planets, which I'm not going to get into right now. But the overall sky picture to me is Mars and Venus are the lead action to bring about shadow issues around what I expect from you, disappointment that I might be suppressing, which is just my own issue, not about the person, um, all kinds of ways about resentment. It could be even like, you know, I, I've never allowed myself to feel this excited about what I'm involved in in my life. Because if I start to get feel excited past a certain point, I start to get very scared. Now I feel like I'm at risk. It can be that kind of thing. So it can be for the positive too. So I'm not trying to paint this in a negative way, but it really will catalyze ways that we, well, the, the way I name it here in my uh, talk is um, giving up or offering out. Like, am I a victim or am I going to choose to use this learning as a service to myself and others? Because we're going to go through stuff. This will trigger many of us. What do we do with it? How do we, uh, how do we operate in it? 
Like, how do we respond to it? And a big way, a big way that I talk about this, especially with my clients and my, my counseling practice, Amanda, it, in other words, when I'm not talking about astrology, is everything that's happening in every moment of my life, I'm either taking it personally, consciously or unconsciously, or I'm making it intimate. Intimacy doesn't mean, you know, yummy evening romantic only. Intimacy could also be intimacy with my hurt, intimacy with the, the, the wounds that I have, intimacy with finally admitting that I'm not as good as whatever, as I always believed and convinced everyone around me that I was. So am I taking it personally or am I making my life, making my moment or allowing myself to be intimate with what I'm experiencing? Adam, I love that so much. I remember when you talked about it during the 2019 forecast. Oh, yes, 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 I did. You talked about this during the 2019 forecast and I, it, it stuck out. You know, that was like three days, three hours a day of me talking to astrologers about 2019. And that moment where you, where you brought that up and really put the spotlight on, you know, where am I taking things personally and where is that blocking intimacy? That has been so present for me, honestly. And even just the awareness that I, that that happens, you know, that happens, you know, we, we take it personally and then that blocks any capability for us to have intimacy with the other person that we're taking it personally from. And like you just said, with ourselves too. Exactly. And there, and then there's no, there's literally like, like you're saying, there's no possibility in that space of resolution or even, even just, Hey, let's just take some room from this and we'll come back to this later. There's no room for that because taken personally means what you just did or what you're making me feel in quotes, isn't fair, isn't right. And I need to do something about it to make me self feel, make myself feel differently than the way I'm feeling right now. Like that's taking it personally. These are old habits. Each of us have, we inherited them from our parents who would them from their parents, etc. We all have our own karma. You put all that together with our own cultural conditioning in this life. You have a lot of predisposition, uh, like a pre-wiring, which is not our true heart wiring, but it's a pre-wiring to to kind of defend against and take it personally and who's out to get me and who do I need to trust and not trust and, and all that. You know, it's it's a big, big mess. But and Venus is there to kind of help us expose, really shine a light, which is ironic because they're in the underworld, but to shine a light inside of us on how are we taking it personally? How are we in reactivity rather than in responsiveness? And when people find themselves in that place, because again, that just you saying that has made me so much more aware of any tendencies I have to do that. And I, ha- and I have that tendency for sure. <laughs> so I'm wondering, you know, is that pause the thing that you, that you coach your, your clients the most on, like taking that step or, or what, what, how do we work with that? Awesome, man. I love your questions. I rarely get engaged at this level. The first step is to pause. Big asterisk by that. Except if you're pausing to go back up to your head and figure out a strategy about how to not take it personally. So pause is the first thing, but the only purpose for the pause is to be able to come out of, basically when I'm taking personally, when I'm reacting, I'm in my self-image, essentially. There's a, there's a conscious self-image and then there's a backhand un- subconscious self-image. Okay, I'm in that self-image, whether I'm aware of what I'm doing or not. When I'm intimate, I'm not in my self-image. I'm in my truth. I'm in who I actually am, which to my mind, my self-awareness may be quite mysterious So the first thing is to pause, but only pause in order to come out of the self-image, what I think I need right now, and drop into my heart, even put my hand over my heart or my body, my belly, wherever it is for you, and feel what's happening right now. That's the second step. What am I experiencing? And leave out the politics. Leave out, I'm experiencing hurt because you said da-da-da-da-da. 
I'm experiencing hurt or I'm hurting or I'm really excited right now or I'm sad and I don't know why. Like that kind of thing. That's how to deal with it. You, the, the pause is the first thing just to come out of the reactivity, the hotness of the moment. And the next step is to come down in and really, really, it almost feels like slowing down sometimes. You gotta slow down and get in like what's actually going on? Not reacting, but what's actually going on for me here? Well, what would you say too? It's almost like we're moving out of that fight or flight response. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. That constriction, that, you know, feeling like we, like you were talking about, we have to protect ourselves from something. There's some threat. And then that enables us to get into a place where we can listen and, and feel and all those other things. When we're in that fight or flight, we can't listen or feel or any of it. Exactly. That, that is, that literally is the purpose of the autonomic nervous system to turn my ears, my eyes, whatever my sensation off and just deal with what I believe instinctually I got to deal with. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. This is going to be a fun month. I'm really excited. You're our guide. I know there's a lot more where that came from, Adam. So tell us a little bit more about the mastery class teaching that you're going to be doing. My mastery class is what what I'm really trying to do here is pack in as much education uh, into the, the Venus cycle, the 13 Venus phases. Understand it a bit astronomically, understand it, how it plays out on the chart, understand it almost, if you will, somatically, like the dyna- the movement quality of Venus with the sun, not just this static fixed planet on the chart, round chart wheel on a piece of paper, but like the movement, the dyna- like the, the dynamism of it, the intelligence of it. So we're going to be going through all 13 phases and I'm going to be setting it up with the sky and then, and then hopefully giving people a very easy, easy way to identify their phase and I'm going to be definitely going through each of the 13 phases and explaining what they are and why they are what they are. Like, how does that come about? For example, when Venus is above the when Venus rises in the morning before the, the sunrise in the east, that's Venus's morning star. I correlate that with Venus as the queen of heaven archetype, meaning she is the lady of all creation and she's having this human experience on earth. She, like the earth, her life, her heart, her passions are hers to explore, like carte blanche. When Venus appears as an evening star on the other side of the sun, in other words, the sun sets in the west and there's Venus in the western sky, that's Venus as the queen of heaven and earth. Now that's a different archetype of the feminine. Now that's Venus is already planted in the earth. She's gone through the whole morning star underworld period and she's learned something. She's, got, she's garnered earth wisdom which is ultimately what? Learning love or light or truth despite loss. So what persists through this experience that we're all having of found and lost and found and lost and surrender and found again and rediscovered and recreated? What's continuous? What's consistent amidst all this earth experience? And that's what the Venus as an evening star really is. So we're going to be going into some of that also. Okay. And so if everybody listening has a Venus fate, like the, Venus was in a certain spot in the sky when they were born. And so they're, they have an archetype of Venus that they're here experiencing, playing out. And so people get to learn what their Venus is and then what that means and, and how to work with it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and generically how we work with our Venus phase is we get really, really honest and we do a lot of work with our natal Venus sign house aspects and anything else you do with Venus on the natal chart. So that's, let's say me, that's my inner feminine. Okay. The Venus phase then comes in and says, 
what am I most accurately, most efficiently meant to do with my inner feminine to contribute to something or someone bigger than myself, even posthumously? So I set up a foundation. The foundation really kicks into gear after I die, like that kind of thing. Like, like, or it could just be, you know, I'm learning all this stuff about my inner feminine, men or women, and I want to tell my neighbor about it because I think they could use some of this help too. And that could be your Venus phase. Your Dharma could just be your own little neighborhood. It doesn't have to be some grand world vision. It's just taking what my wisdom, my, what, what, what I'm learning, what my wisdom medicine is, and not hoarding it. Very nice. Yeah, exactly. Almost like, almost legacy, but I don't, I, I, I'm afraid to say legacy. If you think of legacy, be some big thing. Yeah, like a feminine legacy. Yes. Yeah, your feminine legacy. Very nice. Adam, this is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. And I know that you have some amazing soul work assignments for us and meditations and the ceremonies that we're going to do at the new and the full moon. And I just, I love how much consciousness and preparation you do for anything that you do with us. There's it's always like you come and you're ready and we get to benefit from so much wisdom and experience that you share. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to meet all these new people, Amanda. I mean, it really is a, a gift to us astrologers. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Really. Great. All right. Well, thank you for being here today with us, Adam. Thank you very much, everyone. See you in a month. Isn't he great? And wouldn't you love to learn from him and other amazing astrologers like him in a more intimate space? If so, then join the inner circle. Remember, doors close on July 31st and prices go up in 2020, but you have the chance to lock in our lowest founding members pricing now. And as long as you stay a member, you will always have that lowest price point. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle. There is no contract when you join, so you can just try it and see if it's right for you. I really hope to see your name pop up in our private Facebook community soon. And coming up next on the podcast, we'll be featuring our newest co-host for the forecast episodes, Stormy Grace. If you haven't heard from Stormy before, I know you're going to love her. She'll be getting you in tune with next week's Cosmic Energies. And next Thursday, we have a very exciting episode planned for you with Patricia Walsh, a very seasoned and respected astrologer who also specializes in past life regression. Now, this one is a fascinating conversation, to say the least, so make sure you tune in. And in the meantime, I want to thank you for tuning into this episode, for being a part of our community, and for making astrology a part of your life. I'll catch you on the next episode. With the intense energies of this summer and the life-changing alignments of 2020 just around the corner, community and trusted guides are as important as ever. And that's why I have a very special offer for you as a podcast listener here today. You may have heard of our Inner Circle online membership community featuring live new and full moon forecasts, ceremonies to help you align your intentions with the moon cycle, and mastery class astrology teachings led by the world's best astrologers. And maybe you've even considered joining us before. If so, now is definitely the time to take action because enrollment is closing on July 31st and doors won't be open again until 2020. And as a podcast listener, you have an opportunity to join us now and lock in our founding member pricing of only $27 a month. The membership will be $37 a month for new members when we reopen in 2020. So now is the time to join us and lock in the lowest pricing we'll ever offer. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle or click the link in the show notes to join us today. 
And when you join us now, you're going to learn from astrologers like Adam Gainsberg, teaching you how to work with your personal Venus phase so you can shine your light in the world. Nadia Shah, guiding you to embrace your unique talents through working with your 6th and 12th houses. The legendary Rick Levine, teaching on cultivating balance in relationships, and much, much more. I invite you to join us and see for yourself why 76% of our members say they feel a greater sense of purpose and meaning in their lives since joining the Inner Circle, why 81% of our members say they feel a greater sense of community and belonging, and 88% say learning astrology is easier now more than ever because they've joined the Inner Circle. Remember, there's no contract and you can cancel your membership at any time, so trying it for a month is completely risk-free. If you want to join a supportive community of astrology lovers, Get guidance from professional astrologers all year long and learn astrology from the best astrologers in the world, then this is the community for you. The membership is suitable for all levels of astrological understanding, from newbies to veterans alike. And a note to our beloved existing members, your price will remain $27 a month as long as you stay in the membership. So for those of you who would like to join us, just go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle or click the link in the show notes and lock in your founding member price of $27 a month before doors close on July 31st. I'll see you on the inside. Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.